Hi, this is Angry Taisha. And I'm Martha Stewart. And welcome to Sonic Serial Podcast. I'm Jesse. And I'm Mark. And this is episode 13. Uh, what do we... Oh, in case you didn't remember from the last podcast, or if this is your first, in this podcast we take a deep dive into albums from some of our favorite artists, track by track. Uh, and what are we doing today? Today we're talking about um, air or finishing air and their ten thousand hertz legend journey, which they recorded in Paris and Los Angeles and released in two thousand one. And today we are doing the tracks "Wonder Milky Bitch," "Don't Be Light," and "Caramel Prisoner." And let's kick it off with track nine, one. Wonder Milky Bitch. What is it about? Felicia. And what is Felicia? <laughs> Come on, you had time to rehearse this. <laughs> I still don't know what to say. <laughs> you, you say Where, Okay, I'll say half of it. It's when the penis goes into... The mouth. There we go. So I like it. Okay, so the song is about fellatio and what about production? Well, it begins with an acoustic guitar and a jaw harp, which I have. And a honky-tonk piano with some sci-fi sounds in the background. Oh, that was nice. Yeah. It also has strings. And it's a little spooky, a little camp, and it sounds like something from a Ennio Morricone movie. Western. (laughs) (laughs) And who was Ennio Morricone? He's an Italian composer who's uh, composed for a lot of Western films, amongst other things. And I heard that um, Clint Eastwood became a star... Um, in the movies that he composed for. Because he saw him on the street, and he's like, Hey! (laughs) (laughs) You would be good in uh, some of the films I compose music for. No. Clint Eastwood started a movie. Yeah. And that movie made... Those spaghetti westerns. Yeah. That... And Ikumori happened to compose for are the things that made him a star. Oh. It's not the it's not the songs that did, it's just those songs were part of the movie. I see. So it's no different than if you said like you know, John just, Smith directed this movie and it made so and so famous. It's just all interrelated. Yeah. I see. Yeah. All right. Um, Sorry. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I, this, I just uh, sort of mentioned this, but this song has a, an American y folkiness to it. Mm-hmm. Kind of folk music. And um, there's a uh, statement or a quote by JB where he said that there was an album by Lee Hazelwood and Nancy Sinatra, uh, and he had a best of. 
and he says, I think they're recorded in the same studio, Capitol, where they also did a lot of the Frank Sinatra and movie soundtracks. And so that's why Wonder Milky Bitch sounds like it does. Her skin was the color of the mountain's first winter's snow. And his skin was the color of the hot sun's summer glow. So I'm assuming he means that and they, met by they were recording in the same studio. And yeah. he was inspired by yeah. the stuff that went down there. Yeah, sounds about right. Are you inspired by, by, by your locations? Yeah. Um, you know, I think, uh, you know, if I'm in a wintry location, I get motivated to make depressing songs. Are you going to say hot chocolate? (laughs) (laughs) Then if I'm in a sunny location, I get motivated to make fun songs but now that I think about it I don't think that's right because I, <laughs> I lived in sunny no- locations my whole most yeah pretty much my whole life yeah. and I'm depressed for the most part <laughs> <laughs> alright let's get back on script oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> one reviewer said that it was a mutant take on um, Nancy and Lee and what do you think that says about Nancy How come it's always got to be the woman that's called out? I know. <laughs> All right, what about live performances of Wonder Milky Bitch? Say that again? What about live performances? Um, I don't think this song has been performed live. Okay. But I want to back, back it up to... You want to back it up? Because I called her out. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. No. Well. Yeah, I guess you're right. Never mind. (laughs) Okay, so no live performances. What about um, song meaning? What do you What do you think it means? Well, can you give me a couple of lines from the from the song? She came to me with her muddy boots. She destroyed all my carpets. You know how to do it, Wonder Milky Bitch. You never wear a cosmetic, and you don't like arithmetic. You don't wear cosmetic. You don't like arithmetic. So what do, what's it? What's your take? I'm, see, now that I'm thinking about it, when I first heard this, I had no idea. <laughs> okay. I thought, like, he was paying tribute to, like, some kind of, like, goddess, like, outer space thing. Mother Nature, maybe? Yeah. Like, maybe it's about snow? I don't know. Wait, so that's what you thought. What do you think now? You said now that you're thinking about it. Well, now that I know, like, yeah, that I'm older and it's starting, the puzzle pieces are coming together... Um, yeah, it's uh, pretty much about sex, or uh, to be more specific, oral sex. Yeah. So, that's why this song recounts the story of inviting a girl over for oral sex. And I think it's similar to uh, some of Serge Gainsbourg's songs, particularly one he had called Les Sucetés. 
And so, yeah, it's kind of misogynistic. Can you define misogynistic for us? Why are you pointing out that I misused the word? No. PC police. Okay. This, okay, this song isn't misogynistic. It's not. What, objectifying? What's the word for that? Why do you have to do this? I didn't do anything. Let's move on. Um, as far as remixes, uh, Jesse told me that there's a very nice piano cover on YouTube by somebody named Christopher Joel Carter. So check it out and see if you agree with him. No, I should have um, backed it up and said, here's Mark's definition of misogynistic. We're past that. We've all moved past that. Okay. Um, as I was saying, there's a very nice piano cover, or so Jesse told me, um, by Christopher Joel Carter. That's um, <laughs> No, I didn't. <laughs> you did. As far as my personal favorite, it's uh, the Morganic Soul Edit um, that you can find on SoundCloud. And it sounds like this. All right. Sarai, what track are you on? We're on track 10, Don't Be Light, and that's another song that was made with Beck. It's also one of the singles off the album. And Air said in an interview that this song would have fit on, would have been the most fitting song for Moon Safari. Agree. Yeah. Um, in an interview, Nigel. Godric. What? Uh? <laughs> the end is for Nigel, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Nigel Godric. Yeah. <laughs> Why are you messing me up? What are you talking about? Okay, so, uh, Nigel Godric said don't be light was the second song from the sessions electronic performers uh was the first one so let me say that again don't be light was the second song um that they were doing in the sessions um electronic performers was the first on each album there's also always a song this is what he's saying uh that could have belonged on the previous album but you just said that well, if you didn't know, Nigel agrees with you. Oh, you said that... No, you said that they said it would be best on Moon Safari. Yeah. Yeah. What do you want? I'd start Why'd you off. let me read all that if you just, like, stole my thunder? <laughs> hey. So, edit this out. 
Um, what about production? According, well, according to Mark's dad, it starts off with some bouncy electronics and some talk box that quickly transitions to these epic strings with a choir and female soprano singing from Ellen Carlson. And to me, it reminds me of um, the, I think it's the theme, but the score theme for The Day the Earth Stood Still Hmm. by Bernard Herrmann. scared me as a child yeah yeah and I also in my research I found that it reminds some people of, of the Space Mountain theme song from at Disneyland I would um yeah concur because when I played it you looked like you were having some weird Vietnam flashbacks <laughs> I was just rocking in my seat like I was on a roller coaster <laughs> I see <laughs> And then the song gets going with a sample of Arabian Era by Jean-Pierre de Cerf, who is a French electronic composer from the late 70s. And then the song, uh, I guess Drums Come In um, by Brian Reitzel and some other fuzzy guitar. And then it ends with some preachy spoken word from Beck. The gray surprises of our days. Singing in caves. And some whistling from Jean Croc. Yeah. Who's that? I guess they said it was a union musician that they found in a book. (laughs) And so they just called him up and he's like... Uh, you mind coming in for a few hours to do some whistling? <laughs> like, yeah, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> the song sounds very 60s. Yeah. Very easy rider, free love. Free love. Free love. Far out, out of sight. Be tight. Come to light. Kick booty. All right, so JB said uh, the Don't Be Light fuzz bass solo is played by Justin. Who's Justin? <laughs> um, well, it's played by Justin. No, wait. Maybe it's like Cher. No. Huh? Just like a one-name person. <laughs> no. It's uh, Justin Metal Johnson, I think. Uh, but I'll look that up. Okay. And he was very good, uh, really good to play like that. And he was crazy. He played really well. He wanted to catch this unique vibe on the record. He did something really rocky. So I guess he's just saying that this guy Justin came in and just kind of did his thing. Yeah. And that they liked that it was... That's really cool. That he's doing his and, thing. Uh, I guess they found Justin from... Uh, he's one of... Beck's touring musicians. So, another Beck. It's all in the family of Beck. Well, that's an opportunity where, you know, I say it's always a bride. It's never a bride. (laughs) He got to be a bride. (sighs) 
I don't know what you're talking about, but... Because um. he was just in the background of Beck's band, band, but then he came in and, and was able to shine. Oh, yeah. Right okay. Um, what about live performances? Yeah, it's been performed a bunch of times uh, throughout the career, and... Um, Here's a clip from one of the last performances in Paris, 2016. Is this something, is this one you recorded? No. I tried to find a recording I took, but it's just bad. Uh, (laughs) That's the song meaning. I have no idea. I, it's just a bunch of nonsense. Uh, the lyrics seem a bit Jim Morrison, and you know what I mean, don't don't they? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Dorsey. Play some clips. Enter again the sweet forest. Enter the hot dream. Come with us. Everything is broken. Okay. And then. Uh. And yeah, to me, "Don't be late" sounds like a like some sort of neo hippie subculture slogan, right? It could be <laughs> sure. a, bu- a bumper sticker. <clears throat> anyway, what would that bumper sticker say? Oh, singing in caves, fabricating a new abandon. We don't see the master's hand. We bang on gold tambourines. Far out. <laughs> okay, so there was a review. Uh, Don't be light recalls Electra Krautrockers new, uh, feeding us mood merengue and Reese's Pieces rhythms. Um, do you know who new is? Mm-hmm. Um, like and do you know kraut work. Do you know what kraut rock is? Oh, kraut rock. It's like rock that originated from Germany, I think. Or like some kind of experimental rock and electronic mixed together. Um, Yeah, so New was formed in Dusseldorf in 1971 by Klaus Dinge and Michael Rother. Um, And those were, they they were in um, Kraftwerk before. I think one of their songs was on Kill Bill. Look it up. Um... This says Kraut Rock is a genre of electronic, psychedelic, progressive, and avant-garde music originating from West Germany from the 1960s and 70s. What about mixes and covers? There's actually a few remixes of this song. Um, one by the Electro Clash artist, the hacker, Mr. Wazo. And the Neptunes. <laughs> yes, as in, you know the Neptunes, right? Of course. Um, but my <clears throat> my favorite remixes by Malibu, who aren't as well known, I guess, because um, it sounds very spring breaky, and there's some hints of Mira Weiss, as you mentioned yesterday. Oh. 
Um, there's also a SOAP remix, or an S-O-A-P remix, that's um, kind of trappy and bassy, which uh, I don't usually like, but... Yeah. Skrillex yeah. did a number on me. Just didn't, didn't come out the other end. Shade. And what about samples? Oh, but yeah, check out that soap remix on SoundCloud. SOAP. Uh, one song that has sampled this is No Test <laughs> by. Distorted Minds from 2006. Here's a clip. It's it's gonna sound exactly like you think it would. <laughs> um, and uh, what about a music video? Uh, the video for this song is directed by Jean-Francois Morisot. And forgive me for butchering this last name, but Petra. The Y is silent. Oh, yeah. So, Petra Music. <laughs> Are you just messing with me? <laughs> but the Y is silent. You said it right. <sighs> oh, well. <clears throat> oh, Misk. I better stop. It's an animated video. With white drawings on black, and it's all these transforming things. And I feel like it's a good representation of the whole nonsensical vibe of this song. What's the difference between an animated video and and an animation? (laughs) (laughs) What? I just. I'm just curious. I don't know. <laughs> it just sounds like like how they used to talk where you could say, oh, it's in my motor car. You'd be a good lawyer <laughs> or attorney. All right, where were we? The video. Yes, the video. So, it's basically a lot of vines and Venus flight traps overtaking everyone and everything. And it's pretty fun. I like it. And it, it kind of reminds me of this anti-drug commercial that I used to see in the late 90s. If you know, if anybody knows what I'm talking about, let me know. And, uh, like this is your this is an egg. This is your brain. Wait, this is your brain. Is your brain on drugs? Those? No, it's just because the video was like <clears throat> it was an yeah. He was like my anti drug is drawing. So he's like drawing all these like it's like a drawing animation. And the I guess the way it looks it kind of reminds me of the video. Are we still on that? <laughs> That's so mean. I should do that when my boss talks. 
<laughs> She's just like only two seconds in, and I'm like, are we still on that? <laughs> um, and the, the directors have also done music videos for artists like The Avalanches, Sebastian Tellier, and Break. <laughs> what? <laughs> What's Sebastian's last name? How do you pronounce that? Tell her. Taye. Taye. Yeah. <laughs> or it could be Tellier. I don't know. I've been listening to him for years. Like, <clears throat> I don't. You should say you know more French than I do. All right, uh, and Breakbot. <laughs> Let's move on to track 11, okay. Caramel Prisoner. <laughs> This is the last track on the album, and it's my favorite. You're gonna tell us why at some point, right? I just always prefer like sad, somber songs for to end out the albums. It's like, cause it's a sad thing. <laughs> the album's done. <laughs> yeah. Oh. So it's like so, that's very self-referential. It sounds like a goodbye. I don't know why I always like that like it's like when the movie ends and the end credits are always my favorite part it's like a snake eating its tail what <laughs> so JB says about this song <clears throat> it's my favorite song on the um wait <laughs> I tried <clears throat> he said I agree with Jesse it's my favorite song from uh, the album as well. It's my favorite. Um, <laughs> my favorite. And then he's <laughs> this. The way the song is composed is very unique. First of all, yeah, you never have to qualify unique because yes. if it's unique, it's the it's the only one. There's no other ones, and therefore, you can't say it's very unique. Because it's not distinct. One unique isn't distinct from another. Unique means there's only one. Right. And second of all, that's the second time you've mentioned that <clears throat> on this podcast. I know, but people need to be reminded every time that somebody talks like that. <laughs> Were you like the <laughs> unique police? <laughs> yes. I'll take that. You'd be walking down the street and somebody says that and you're like, take it. <laughs> All right, JB says, I remember how we recorded the song in Paris. We had a cycle of 12 chords played together, and I sung and tried to make track by track some harmonies uh, with my voice over the chords. And then we would record that uh, on the special hard drive machine, which was not a computer. And there were 16 tracks on each. So I maybe recorded 12 tracks and voices on the four other tracks. This is very complicated. <laughs> yeah, it is. They were bored. <clears throat> there were guitars and maybe roads and something rhythmic to keep the tempo 
da, 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 da. <laughs> I'm just going to skip through a lot of this because he's um, going off. Uh, when then expanded, we then expanded the instruments, but the initial process was really random as it was based on some mistaken reversed harmonies. So it's just like a shit show. It's like if you're cooking a pizza and you're like, wait, how about we just throw some of this on it or flip it over and cook, cook it on its bottom or I don't know, or cook it on its top. <laughs> what are we talking <clears throat> about now? <laughs> All right. You want to talk about production? You want to talk about eating? <laughs> I reread this and I'm st- I still don't get exactly what the what they were saying because they're saying two different things one thing is they're saying they had a really complicated recording process yeah um and then and they did all this stuff and so that turned out crazy stuff but then he said um it was based on a mistake that they that they made in the beginning Mm. i don't know it sounds like they're trying to just make a big deal out of nothing (laughs) Yeah, no, you might be right. I feel that's very... Twee. Twee. (laughs) Twee. Okay. Twee. (laughs) All right. Well... Well, then let's just move on to production. Yeah, let's move on to production. So, it starts off with some ominous bleeps and bloops. It sounds like a some kind of Morse signal or something. No, more like... <laughs> like, like robotic birds, oh, yeah. almost. But, um... Credit B is going to send a cease and desist. Then, what... Then some. <laughs> I said Cardi B is gonna send a cease and desist. Oh, okay. <laughs> Whatever. <clears throat> and then it like fades into some droning uh, John Carpenter esque organ synth. Well. A low voice harmonizes over it with some acoustic guitar. And throughout the song, there are these like glitchy space bleeps and sounds of spaceships flying by and falling stars. Which, yeah. What does a falling star sound like? <laughs> You've never heard a falling star? <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean, I've never heard a spaceship flying by, that but. It sounds like a song. Like. <laughs> Wait, what did you just ask? <laughs> oh, what do shooting stars sound like? Yeah. Falling stars. <laughs> Falling stars. Like, are they sad because they're going to die? Like, they're just <laughs> screaming? <laughs> yeah, because they're that's falling? what that is. They sampled that. <laughs> well, that's a lot more interesting if you said <laughs> I sampled this, the screams of a falling yeah. star. Uh, 
it ends with some second if you if you even remember what we were talking about it's production um and then it's just some <laughs> psychedelic helicoptery seashore sounds um which are similar to a song on the truck turner soundtrack yeah fire is the case He's in South Park. <laughs> this is crazy that, like, he's in South Park, but also... Yeah. Uh, what about song meaning? I'm not sure, really, but I can only interpret a caramel prisoner as living the sweet life, but still feeling trapped. So it kind of goes back to that lucky and unhappy song how like they got everything they dreamed of and stuff but they're not sure like it makes them feel bad sometimes I don't know I just have a about somebody who likes to shoplift caramels I would, that should be our first short film if we ever decide to direct one. Because if you shoplift them, you're going to go to jail. And, and you're going to be a caramel We'll ask her if we can use this song <laughs> for it. Then you just see it. She's in the cop car crying and it's so sad. <laughs> and what does a, someone that what does the still caramels look like? <laughs> they, I mean, I like them, but... So it's I, you. <laughs> but I would never steal one. <laughs> I feel like if I stole one, I would choke on it and die. <laughs> what? You know, like, just... Okay. The way that... Maybe because we watched Final Destination recently. Yeah. Oh, because of karma? Yeah. Or whatever that is. I don't know. I don't know if they have to really explain it. What about remixes? There's a remix by Caramel... There's a remix by Sina, um, S-Y-N-A, and it's Sina Remixes, the handle on SoundCloud. Um, and yeah, it's the Sina Remix by Sina of Caramel Prisoner. S-Y-N-A. Check it out. That's pretty good. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> I liked it a lot. Yeah. I'd play it. Oh, where? At my party. <laughs> All right. Um... Are we done? Yeah. Or do we have closing thoughts? I think we might have some closing thoughts. Okay. <clears throat> I'll start. Um, my closing thought is uh, something that Nigel said, <clears throat> which is... Fill it. <laughs> it, felt, <laughs> it felt like a flop when it came out, really. We didn't have any big single the record company didn't understand what we'd done and then for the next album 
Nigel Godridge put us back on the map for some commercial success. When your third album is a success, it means that you're there forever. We really underperformed with 10,000 Hertz, but if we would have done something more in the style of Moon Safari, I don't think we'd be here talking to you today. So it's kind of a sliding doors thing. Yeah. And I think they made the right choice. <clears throat> Me too. I feel like with this album, Eric pushed the envelope. And not just in how explicit the lyrics are in the content matter or the subject matter, but in how experimental, electronic, and, and dark it is. And it, it's really the polar opposite of Moon Safari, where Moon Safari just feels like this comfortable, chill, lounge pop. Like, it's day and night, you know? I know. And that album is more French, and this one is more American. Future American. But later, they'll explore other cultures around the world. And maybe you can hear about them here. Goodbye. No, wait, I'm not done. (laughs) Um, for a long time (laughs) I when I heard push the envelope I thought of the of like the person in the mail room of a business and you know how they're like sorting the envelopes (laughs) and so somebody would be like oh he's really pushing the envelope (laughs) I thought oh that's awful (laughs) the <laughs> just that person that's just like putting things in people's mailboxes. Yeah. It wasn't till later when I realized that it was a good thing. Well, I'm glad we made it here. <laughs> it's been it's felt like a, we've been on a road trip in a desert <laughs> or something. Yeah, I ran out of gas a few times. <laughs> I had to sleep in the car. But um yeah, now we're ready to move on to the next album, and I hope we'll see you there. Yeah, thank you for joining us for our Eras Moon Safari <laughs> uh, <laughs> post-album, 10,000 Hertz. Good save. Uh, you got it in my brain from talking about Moon Safari. Oh. Um, and yeah, uh, uh, please bear with us. There's some goodness. There's some goodness buried in here. We'll make it. We'll get there someday. Bye-bye. Bye.